Hey guys, this is podcast number two of the season season ticks. We are here. My name is Daniel, and I have with me Daniel McGree. So it's been an exciting six weeks of football so far. We have seen a lot of ups, a lot of downs, a lot of eye-opening games, and we'll we'll get it starting with our Dallas Cowboys here today, losing to the 0-4 New York Jets. Daniel, what are your thoughts on this game? Fire Garrett. <laughs> Fire Garrett, he says. Garrett has got to go. Man, directly and to the point, <laughs> Garrett's got to go. Um, so, before we go down that path, uh, walk me through what you saw that you liked out of the Cowboys and, and in that game. Um, first of all, no no turnovers from Dak. Um, he played, looked like, looked like he was uh, playing efficient even though he was he was getting clobbered in the backfield because, you know, the offensive line. I mean, he only got sacked once, but he was still getting – he still was getting hurried and getting getting killed. So, it's positive that even though he was going through all that, he didn't throw any picks. But off of that, play calling needs to be better. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I have to agree with you. I, I like the deck, uh, the bounce back. I know he got his bell rung at some point during the game or at the different various points during the game. I like the fact that – um, we got Tavon Austin getting to step up uh, in place of Randall Cobb. And also, you know, Zeke back to 100-yard games. I mean, that was 100-yard game, I should say. That that was pretty impressive, considering the fact that we have a pretty banged-up O-line uh, and all the injuries that we have to, you know, pretty much withstand. And as we all know, in the NFL, if you want to succeed, you have to be healthy uh, or have at least uh, the necessary amount of depth in order to move forward in your division. Having said this, um, take me to the areas of opportunity for our America's team here. Like, like I said earlier, the play calling has got to be better. Like, there was a there was a play, I forgot what quarter it was in, but it was third and eleven, and we ran a a toss a toss play from the shotgun to Zeke. And that's already a hard play to score on. I mean, that's that's a hard play to get yards on out of shotgun unless unless you just have the lanes opening up for you. And the lanes are opening up, we're missing two linemen, so it's not gonna it's not gonna be easy on that play already. So and mixing it up too many too many runs on first down. Like like I said the on the last podcast, like we got away from we got away from the play action. We got away from just the the play calling that even though we're playing trash teams, the play calling that opened things up for us. So we need to get back to to more diverse play calling, motion motion offense play actions and things like that yeah absolutely um for me it was that and not only that but not taking the the field goal when we should have and from that point allowing sam darnold and the new york jets offense to kind of take over on that in that part of the field and all of a sudden surprise we've got a 90 92 yard touchdown um for no reason really because if we would have kick the field goal then it's a you know kick off again and then you know we make them work for it as opposed to uh, let us surprise us and torch our secondary uh, which takes me to my next you know area of opportunity there what what's up with the secondary not being able to you know stay in front of their assignments and be able to you know play that that aggressive style of football that we're used to i'm not i'm not even really sure it's just at this point, it's like the whole team 
it's almost like everybody's falling apart almost. Because there's no excuses. Like, Robbie Anderson hadn't, for the past couple of weeks, he hasn't really been him doing anything. Like this, this whole season, he hasn't really did anything. And then you just let him burn you for 92 yards on one play. And who was it? It was a Cheeto who got burnt on that play, too. That's right. And Cheeto, who's been, I mean, he's been pretty, he's been all right for the most of this year. Reliable. Yeah. yeah. And so, it's just, it's just one of those, those situations where it's like you're not, you're not locked in all game. And you gotta, gotta be locked in at that point in that moment of time. Just... Absolutely. I, I feel also that on our first and second quarter, we are not, we're not pretty much boosting on all cylinders. We're not banging on all cylinders. And it's kind of hard to have to come from behind and, you know, take over at that point in the third and fourth quarter. That's inefficient football. Um, in any league, in any part of the world, that is just inefficient football. Um, our special teams also have to be able to perform. Brett Maher having an outstanding field goal for 62 yards, that, that was amazing. Uh, but then coming back and having to kick a 40-yard field goal and completely shanking it wide to the right, that was unbelievable. So, Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. I think we've got to start looking at I mean, I don't know what kickers are out there, but I mean, Maher, the thing with Maher is like that range on the kicks. Sixty, you got the sixty-two yard field goal. It's hard to give up a kicker who has power like that to kick it like that. But it, it's not on him. Like the, the loss isn't completely on him, even though that kick would have like it was twenty-two, twenty-four. Like we would have technically we would have won if you look at it in a different way. But there's just there's a lot like the play calling to me is just. The play calling to me is so bad. And even Romo said during the game, it was like Jason Garrett's footprints all over this offense. And so it's hard to tell the past three losses that we've had who's running the team or, like, who's running the offense. Is Kellen Moore getting the freedom that he has or was that just those first three three weeks just a fluke? Yeah, and, you know, being as young as he is, I can see Jason Garrett kind of losing trust in such a young guy, inexperienced, of course, but, I mean, how much experience can a 30-some-year-old have? To be completely honest, not a whole lot. Is he smart? Absolutely. He's, he's, he's smart. He is every bit of a prodigy as it can be. Um, however, smart doesn't beat experience. Yeah. Unfortunately, it does not. And, you know, I am with – I'm 95% with – the firing J- uh, Jason Garrett part, um, but not right now, not in the middle of the season, uh, because if we look at the Redskins and their situation, they just fired Jay Gruden, who, in my mind, he was not completely sold on Dwayne Haskins. He was not. The only reason that they really just drafted Dwayne Haskins is because Haskins went to school with Dan Snyder's son. That's it. It and was kind of one of those, like... Nobody expecting him to drop like that. Exactly. Friend of a friend. Uh, now we've got reports of him not, you know, having the a work ethic that a, you know, young rookie should have. Showing up to practices late. Showing up to meetings late. I mean, that organization right there is... Uh, it's unfortunate that they have such a great history and now they're just digre- digressing uh, tremendously. Um, they got to win today, though. Yeah, good against, for them. Against the mighty, <laughs> against the mighty Dolphins. The mighty Finns. Um, it's unfortunate for their quarterback. They they got he he got hurt and uh, got pulled out of the game, uh, out of a concussion. 
Speaking of concussions here, uh, Mason Rudolph, man, taking that brutal hitch. That looked like he took a punch from Mike Tyson the way he went down. Yes, yes. <laughs> and you know what's sad for me to, to hear that the NFL did all they could, in many words, right, the, the statement that they released and everything that happened, they, the NFL did all they could in order to make sure that uh, Mr. Rudolph was taken out of the field uh, safely. Uh, but to me, if you suffer that type of concussion, you should not be walking out of the field. Yeah. Period. Yeah, that's that's just, it's dangerous. It's irresponsible. And you know how much are we, how much are we taking care of the the players here? Yeah, the, it was it was a it was a scary situation. Like it, I've he he was knocked out mid and like while he was still up, like out before he even hit the ground and then his head hitting the ground it's like it's one of those situations where like there's no telling how long like he he'll, he might be back next week but it's like do you does he need to be back like no you got I, you got players getting hit like that and you're already on a team that's not that's really probably not going to do anything this year i mean they're beating the chargers right now 21-0 yeah but but still it's like that's a that's a tough that's a tough knockout you saw and you had Juju over there falling out, like just being as from the shock of it. Yeah, it, it's um, it's unfortunate, like I said, to to have to endure that type of punishment, and then I, I don't know if it's the macho thing, I don't know if it's the ego thing, but you know, a lot of times we were taught that you got to play through injury. Yeah, you got to play through injury. Those are your brothers out there. You got to play through injury, and but at what point do you say, hey? This is my livelihood. I need to be able to play next season. I need to be able to play, hell, this season at some point or another when I can actually be 110% and and then really be there for my brothers and not have to be carted off the field again or walked off the field again because um, – and then that's another point I wanted to make with you, Daniel. That Did you know that the actual golf cart, the, the cart that they wheel the players off of in – it did not work. Man. It like it literally stopped in the middle of the field. They couldn't get it to go to go, and the NFL said they did everything they could in order to get Mr. Rudolph off the field in a safe manner. Yeah, and he felt like he was good enough to to walk off. But I mean, at that point, you got a concussed player. It's like yeah. they'll say they'll say whatever. At that point, they they don't they don't know exactly where they're at. You just got knocked out. <laughs> exactly. You just. NFL, you just got to do better. You have to do better for the sake of the game, uh, for the sake of the players. I mean, it is a human being at the end of the day who is getting their life on the, who's putting their life on the line out there, who had, who have families, who have responsibilities. Let's make sure that everything's good to go once the whistle blows and the ball snaps. Speaking of the Steelers, yes, they are winning right now, twenty-four to zero against the uh, L.A. Chargers. It's hard to say L.A. Chargers, right? <laughs> it sounds strange. <laughs> so used to San Diego for all these years, but I'm surprised. This 20, 24 to zero. James Conner already has two touchdowns. Um, was it sixty-six, sixty-six receiving yards, thirty-nine rushing yards? That, yeah. If you on fantasy in the PPR league, that's twenty-eight and a half points for you. <laughs> That's pretty good in any league. Uh, but, yeah, and, and it's surprising that, you know, a team with, again, so many injuries and without their starting quarterback, Big Ben there, you know, 
taking it to the Chargers here. Uh, again, 24 nothing in the third quarter with about seven minutes left to go. And, you know, we are seeing a, a team that I'm not sure if it's the leadership. I'm not sure if it's the coaching, but they are – Fighting, clawing, biting, and scratching every play. Mike, Mike, Tom, that's Super Bowl coach. So I feel like, I feel like he got to, he has to get credit for what's happening with this team right now, because this quarterback, I, I don't know where he came from, <laughs> but he's here now. Yeah, he's here, and he's he's hey. As long as you're doing your job, you've got a job. Um, speaking of Super Bowl coaches and and Super Bowl contenders. Let me uh, let me ask you this: Were you surprised at all that the Texans beat the Chiefs? Um, I was, I was, I was pretty surprised. I, I felt like coming off of last week, I thought the Chiefs would come out. Well, they they kind of did with with the Tyreek Hill forty seven yard touchdown. I thought they would come out stronger than that, and it's been kind of surprising me that their offense. I mean, they they still had I think it was it was thirty one twenty four, they still had twenty four, but it's still like this is a Mahomes offense, and you expect it you expect it like twenty four. I mean that's that's a lot for some teams, but you expect them to go higher than that. But I think he still might be struggling with the injury he had last week with his foot. Yeah, getting or his ankle getting stepped on by his own lineman, and then um, so I don't know. It was a, it was a strange loss today. It could have been it could have been a lot worse though. With Will Fuller, Will Fuller dropped three touchdowns today, Man. but it's it's still a it's still a really great matchup though because you got Deshaun versus Mahomes. Yeah, that was that was two MVPs going at it. Uh, Deshaun Watson, my goodness, what a player! I mean. I don't know if he's the next coming of, you know, John Montana or whatnot, but good grief. He he's he's out there making it happen uh with a with a pretty good coach. I mean, Bill O'Brien is not bad, but you know, at times he does make some pretty big call pretty bad calls. Now let's be honest here. Do you think the Texans won that game or the Chiefs lost that game? Uh, I I'd say I would say the Texans won that game because their defense their defense stepped up. They had the they had the strip sack on Mahomes. I think it was the in the second quarter, and then they scored they scored right after that. And like they, they made they made tough plays when they when they needed to make them. And so I think come playoff time, like just having a team that's resilient like that and can go against can go against a team that's with an offense like Mahomes, like Mahomes offense, like. They're they're in solid shape, and I think they're they're going to be in shape to win a lot of games that people probably aren't going to expect them to win. Yes, indeed. And now they're in a the Chiefs are in a losing streak of two games uh, now. So we'll see what happens, man. And speaking of streaks here, here's a, I'm going to throw some numbers at you. You know, um, I'm always looking at stats, and let's talk about Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen with five starts, five wins. Zero INTs, stepping up for you know the Carolina Panthers in place of the great Cam Newton here. And we were talking about this earlier. Um, what what's going on there? What what do you think this is? Uh, what 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 do you think is making this happen? Is Kyle Allen making it happen, or is his cast his supporting cast you know helping him out? Um, today, the supporting cast. Really helped them as far as the Carolina defense 
helped him out tremendously because Jameis Winston, or maybe it was Jameis Winston who helped him out tremendously. He throwing, <laughs> he threw five five interceptions. That's that's a rough day. Five in interceptions, and so that's a lot of five more possessions. That'll that'll help you a lot. That'll help your team a lot, and so. I want. I don't. I. I still. I'm still not at the point where I think Cam Newton is not going to be the starter when he comes back. If if he's completely healthy, I still don't think you should take that spot from Cam Newton because it's Cam Newton. That's a former MVP. Right. Uh, he took the team to the Super Bowl, and he. I mean, he's proved it over the years that if he's healthy, he's going to show up for your team. Absolutely. So I don't think you can just give it to Kyle Allen right now because the defense has showed up. But I, I still, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure with that. It, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Like I said that the last time, and then he wins again. So <laughs> if he keeps winning, it's gonna, it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be a hard situation because it's, it's, it's gonna be funny to look at. Now, mind you, I'm not an Aggie fan at all. I'm not uh, really any kind of fan. I'm a fan of football. I'm a fan of big plays. I'm a fan of uh, good players. And but I mean, five starts with no turnovers. Uh, I'm not. Is he a rookie this year? Is that is that the deal? Or? I, yes, this is a rookie. Year. Good grief! And zero turnovers. Yeah, yeah you, that's very rare. But hey, you know what? Like you said, five interceptions. That's five possessions. Um, I do have to give it, like you said, to the Carolina defense. Uh, flying was a is that fourteen hour flight to London, twelve yeah. hour flight, something like that. Yeah, it's a long flight. Early game. Early game. Um, in a different time zone, different environment. It's loud in there. Uh, they play at the Tottenham Stadium, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. I think, I think that was it. And then, I mean, it also helps having probably the best running back in the league right now. Yes, Mr. Chris McCaffrey. Although he was a little contained today. Yeah. I, you know, still had two touchdowns. Yes, he just he just figures out a way to to get in the end zone. That's the thing I like about McCaffrey. And he, I mean, and he's looking. I mean, he's looked like the best running back this year, at least yeah. at least to me. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, one uh, Mr. Saquon Barkley is currently unavailable. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, Chris McCaffrey, man, he can do it all. He can catch. He can throw. His father was a wide receiver, so he can make wide receiver plays and running back plays uh, on top of, I mean, stiff-arming people, man, and the spins and the jumps, and the, he's an athlete. I call him I call him White Reggie Bush. I mean, come but, on. But better. But, 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 yeah. but, but better than yeah. Reggie Bush. Reggie Bush was never never this good in the league. Mine is I, the he, <laughs> he, is, he is what we thought Reggie Bush would be once he got to the NFL. True story. True story. Reggie Bush only showed us uh, flashes, but never took us to his, you know, college college days. Um, so going into another game here, let's talk a little bit of uh, Mr. Baker Mayfield and one so-called Richard Sherman here. Um, so Richard Sherman said after the game that. Mr. Mayfield wouldn't shake his hand during the toy, the coin toss. Now, there have been several videos that surfaced where Baker did shake his hand during warm-ups. Now, at the toy co- at the coin toss, excuse me. There yeah, there wasn't a shake, but once you shake a man's hand during the pregame, that's it, right? Like you go to your sideline. To some. <laughs> you you go to your sideline, you uh 
get ready for war. Not for Richard Sherman, though. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And then he's talking about etiquette. This is the guy that gets on TV, social media, and starts just blasting people left and right. But he wants etiquette, NFL etiquette. I mean, is this a men's game or... Or what? Well, I, I, when I when he first started talking about it, I was looking at it like, well, I mean, Richard Sherman. I mean, he's always a player who I felt like has respected the game, outside of the Crabtree situation when Crabtree was was barking at him all game sure. too. Like I was like, that's justified. I was like, I have no problem with that cutting a WWE promo at the end of a <laughs> at the end of a game. But I was looking at, it, I was like, well, Richard Sherman, he don't seem like somebody who would lie. And then. Um, I saw the video of him shaking him and like it was it wasn't like a like a like a cool like we're cool shake it was just like yeah. you know whatever Slap shake hand. yeah yeah and just walking <laughs> by and then uh, I was like hmm that, that's interesting <laughs> and then I looked at the the other shake where he went for the shake at the end of the uh, at the end of the coin toss and Baker just took off running <laughs> and so yeah and so Baker was like Baker was ready to go and so I'm looking at that I'm like well I mean. What do you expect? I mean, you can't get three, four shakes before a game and expect like exactly. exactly. So it, it was, at least on the bright on the bright side, though, at least uh, Richard Sherman apologized. Sure, <laughs> he yeah. realized he realized he was wrong. He's probably just caught up in the moment for the game, and you know sometimes you're looking for any type of motivation, <laughs> any anything that'll set you off before a game. Yeah. You're ready to ready to use that. Anything that'll get you a hula commercial or a beef jerky commercial or a Gillette commercial. I mean, I don't know. It put, it puts money in TV, the pocket, right? <laughs> it put money in the pocket. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Let's let's go ahead and get, get get yours, get yours. But don't get it at the expense of somebody else and make somebody else look not cool or or disrespectful when it's clearly not the case. If he's already shaking your hand, let it go. Move on. I'm gonna tell you somebody that didn't move on is uh mr uh nick bosa there with the flag plant <laughs> yeah yeah and that that's a that's the thing with baker mayfield he gives he gives people a lot of reason to to want to get at him harder than they already would in a game yeah and that's the funny thing it's like richard might he might have lied about it but <laughs> he used that as motive what he used that perceived slight as motivation and took yeah. it Took it and ran with it. And Nick Bosa used some motivation from two years ago. Jeez, <laughs> two years, two years in the making with that fact, that flag plant. Talk about a a little bit of a uh, grudge there, man. But hey, look, the guy is amazing. He did really, really good. He came just firing, firing at uh, at uh, Mr. Mayfield there, and he couldn't let him breathe. He did not let him breathe. Um, what was it like two and a half sacks? I don't know how many hurries, and he just—I mean, he, the the highlights tell the story, and it, it is pretty, pretty uh, impressive there. And the Niners are pretty impressed. I mean, shoot—they just won twenty to seven against the Rams, and they—they're six and zero. Would you have said this one a year the, ago? I would not. <laughs> it's one of the last, one of the last two undefeated teams, them and the Patriots. I mean, is John Lynch a, the GM of the year or what? If they keep this up and they they make the playoffs, which they most likely are at this oh, point, yeah. Oh, yeah. unless something just goes wrong, I would have to give him GM of the year. Good. The way he, the way he's built that defense, like over these over these past two years, I mean, getting Sherman that's 
That's a huge thing. Yeah, although he didn't, he looked a shell of, of himself last year, but we're gonna let that one go. And on a bad, on a bad team, on a with, without, horrible team, without a quarterback. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo. No, Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, yeah, he's looking. He, he looked good. He looked. Uh, let's see here. We're looking at the stats. He went twenty-four for thirty-three with two hundred and forty-three yards. Uh, zero touchdowns, one INT, and a rating uh, QB rating of eighty points eight. Really, what did him uh, the most favors was uh, Mr. Kittle with one hundred and three uh, yards, um, eight receptions out of eight targets. I mean, that guy's a stud, man. Yeah, top top three tied in the league, and that's the that's the positive thing that it's um, Garoppolo's just been consistent, just. Nothing, not doing nothing too crazy, just holding it down for him. Right, just the basics, and let's keep it moving. Um, speaking of the basics, one team that, you know, is not basic is the Seattle Seahawks winning today 32-28 uh, to 28 against a, a very aggressive Cleveland Browns. I mean, the game looked incredible from the get-go. I'm looking at uh, Russell Wilson with 117.6, 117 uh, quarterback rating, uh, two touchdowns and zero ints here. I mean, what do you think of that? There, looking like an MVP. <laughs> yeah. With with the Chiefs, I mean, with the Chiefs, I mean, it's early in the season still, but mm-hmm. just it, it's Hill, him, and Mahomes up there at the top, and when it comes to MVP voting, and so. You got you got your quarterback playing at the MVP level. You got Chris Carson. Chris Carson rushed for 124 yards today, 5.2 average per carry, and a touchdown. Russell had it. Russell had a rushing touchdown today too. So the team is just the team is just looking solid all around. The defense the defense is doing doing what they got to do. They had three picks on Baker today. Man, so they look. They look like they're gonna. You can't really call. You can't call a Seahawks team a dark horse team. Oh no! But no, no, no. they are. They are. They are a team you have to worry about all year. Absolutely, and you know they're five and one sitting at five and one. Um, I think the Seattle Seahawks are always a contender uh, as long as they have Russell Wilson healthy and ready to go. Um, their defense, you know, although they're no longer the you know legion the more much feared legion of doom uh they are or legion of boom i should say L-O-B. yeah they're they're still very dangerous um they did you know stop the stop stop uh, the the browns at the end of the day they did what they had to do yep. and you know although nick chubb man that's the here's two guys that i feel like they're underrated russell wilson as a quarterback and Nick Chubb as a as a running back, those are to me those the most underrated players in the NFL. You turn the TV on and who are they talking about all the time? Baker Mayfield and whoever's hot at that point. Um, but it's always them. It, it's never hey let's talk Russell. Let's talk his mechanics. Let's talk his uh but you know his his, uh, his ability, his throwing ability, his running ability. No, never that or. Hey, let's talk Le'Veon Bell and how horrible he's doing with the Jets. Or it's never Nick Chubb, and you know he just he he. I think he took off for about fifty-two yards. He had a fifty-two-yard run earlier today against the Seahawks, and I guarantee you that's not gonna make the top ten. 
He's he's been he's been amazing all year, and it, it's 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 kind of crazy to me that they're not just get, giving him the ball as much as he wants. He should be able to go in that in the coach's office and just say, "I want the ball twenty five times a game," right. <laughs> and like I mean twenty carries a day, one hundred twenty two yards, two touchdowns, and an average of six yards per carry. And then he's already had a game this year. He had the game a couple weeks ago where he had he had I think it was an eighty eight yard touchdown. And he was the fastest player in the league. I think it was, I think he was the second fastest player in the league this year because Matt Breida last week had the fastest run. And he was like ran for over twenty two yards. But Nick Chubb Nick Chubb needs the ball, and you got a quarterback who's throwing three picks a game, and you just want to let him just keep throwing the ball when you got a running back who's who's averaging six yards per carry. Yeah, and and here come more problems for the Browns because uh, Mister uh, Kareem. Mr. Kareem Hunt is is coming, is coming back here pretty soon. And then, you know, how are you going to spread the ball? Are you just going to force feed Beckham every time? Are you going to force feed, you know, Jarvis Landry every time? Are you going to look for Anthony Callaway every time as well? Uh, what's going on? What's the answer here for the Cleveland Browns? I don't feel like as though they have an identity yet. They're just more based off of hype, off of the call. The quote unquote swag and, and how much you know hype they can they've built amongst themselves or for themselves during the preseason, and that's what has kind of carried them to this point. But it hasn't gotten them very far, I'll give you that much. Yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking at their schedule right now, and it looks like they might be able to go on a slight run because I mean, I mean after, after they got a bye week next week, then after that. Undefeated. Yeah, they're playing the playing the Patriots. That's not going to be easy. Obviously, that's the best team in the league at the moment. But then you got you got Denver, which they play. They had a good game today. They shut out. They shut out the Titans. But I mean, I don't think anybody's really worried about the Titans. Marcus Mariota got benched today for Tannehill. Mm. And so, but then you you got you got you got Denver. Uh, you got Buffalo, which their defense has been has played pretty well this year. But then you got Pittsburgh. You got Miami, you got Pittsburgh again, you have Cincinnati, then you have Arizona, and then well then you got a game against Baltimore, and then you finish the season off against Cincinnati. So there's a lot of there's a lot of winnable games and for the rest of their season. So they'll they'll have time to to improve and learn what they need to do, but I mean it's they need to learn fast. Absolutely, absolutely. Otherwise, it's going to be Baltimore or Pittsburgh coming out of that division, because I don't see. The Bengals, and I'm taking Baltimore, <laughs> or the Steelers coming out of there, and I'm taking Baltimore out of those teams because Lamar Jackson looked great today, and Absolutely. he he only had he only had one touchdown it was a rushing touchdown, but still, he was I think he was the third quarterback to have a game where he passed for over 250 yards and rushed for over 100, 150 yards. Good grief! And only people with him are. Colin Kaepernick, Super Super Bowl quarterback, and Michael Vick, one of the probably the greatest rushing quarterback we've ever seen. Ever. Um, all right, so that takes it uh, onto the NFL side. Um, we are going to move on to college football, and we'll kick it off with a little bit of the uh, Red River rivalry or Red River shootout or Red River showdown. I don't know how many titles this game has had. But it has been, I mean, it was entertaining. It was so The second half. <laughs> oh, the, first, the first half, 
had me ready to take a nap. <laughs> Jalen Jalen Hurts was looking rough out there. Yeah. And Texas was just Texas was getting sacked. <laughs> they were getting sacked all game. But um the second half they picked up and it was it got it got real fun to watch. Yeah, um I'll give it I'll give it to Texas. They stayed in the fight for as much as they could. Uh with an Oklahoma team that was just I mean, they looked like they came to play. They looked like they were ready to take care of business and then get on the bus and, and go home. Uh, but it wasn't easy. It, it wasn't easy at all for them. Uh, the atmosphere was electrifying. Yeah. I mean, just watching it on TV, we were um, sitting at uh, Chili's. Uh, I just should say a restaurant, not to... But anyway, we were Unless sitting. Unless you want sponsors, <laughs> right, right, right. right. <laughs> so we we were just sitting at a restaurant, and you know, I mean, you could just feel the energy even in the restaurant uh, where the patrons were just, I mean, as usual, yelling at the TV for no reason uh, other than you know cheering for their team, and you know, Jalen Hurts. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what to think of him this game. I don't know if he's still in the Heisman race or or not. Um, I didn't see anything that would that wowed me like I thought it was going to. I felt like they should have put at least fifty on on Texas. Yeah, it was it was a rough first half. He had he had the interception in the in the in the red zone. He had he had he had the fumble also. I, I'm not sure. I don't remember if that one was in the red zone. But he had two terrible two terrible turnovers in the first half, which that would have been what 14, 14 more points for him. And you can't just give up. You can't just give up points like that. Um, and I've, I've never, I've even though Jalen Hurts has been balling out all year, I've kind of had this weird feeling like I don't feel like I can trust him in these big moments. Because it's like you still only lost to Texas, which they're, Texas was ranked 11th when they played him. But it's like you only lost, you only won by seven points when it should have been, you should have blew him out. Especially with the way your defense was playing in that first half. And so you can't you can't just um, you got to help your defense out, and so I wonder how it's going to be when they once they get to the they're most likely getting to the playoffs. Like I don't really see who the other competition is in the Big Twelve unless they just get surprised with like Iowa State or somebody like that. But once you get once you get against those other teams like a, like the Alabama or like a Clemson, like right, how are you going to play on offense? Are you going to make those those bonehead mistakes when you play teams like that? Right, right. And, you know, I could think of a couple of teams that can make their life a little bit more miserable than you would want them to. One of them being LSU. LSU Man. versus Florida on Saturday night was the game to watch. I was blown away by Joe Burrow and his ability to make plays, his ability to step out of the pocket and throw in motion. I mean, this cat was on point. Obviously, he has great wide receivers. Yeah, you got you got Jefferson out there. Just he's been he's been balling this year, and a lot of LSU fans are looking at the way he plays. If you, I don't know if you remember this, but his brother uh, Jordan Jefferson was mm-hmm. the quarterback years ago when they when they had like Tyron Matthew and all those guys. Right, right, right. And he he just couldn't win them games when they really needed them. Like if. If he he could play with half the passion his brother played, they would they would there's no telling how many they might have had two more championships. Woulda, shoulda, coulda, but I mean, not to sell LSU short or anything, but Florida came in, you know, stayed with stayed in the fight. 
uh, for most of the game. And then you got to think of the the hostile atmosphere that Death Valley brings. Yeah. That place is just, it, it's impressive. It, it is, again, loud. It was loud. Uh, and it's just hostile. Hostile as it can get. That game was very entertaining. Um, now let me ask you this, Dan. Do you feel that Joe Burrow is ready to enter the NFL draft if the NFL draft was tomorrow? The way the way he's looked this year, absolutely. Like he's been like he's been leading this team. They played like was it twenty twenty one to twenty four, two hundred ninety three yards, three touchdowns against Texas, forty three rushing yards. Like he. He's looking like he's leading this LSU team. This is one of the best offenses we've seen at LSU, and I can't remember can't remember when when they've had a quarterback who's played anywhere near this level. Probably ten years ago. Yeah, probably. Maybe. And so, like you, and then you got you had Jamarcus Russell who was on the team. He was, I mean, that was was that that was probably the ten years ago. Yeah, he was the number one pick. He's looking better than I ever remember Jamarcus Russell playing there. Yeah, and yeah. so he's he's ready. He's ready for the league. I think. Yeah, would you vote him in for the Heisman? Uh, I still, I still have Tua. You still got Tua. I still got Tua at the top. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Tua is Tua. Um, it, it, he's very, very smart. I, I feel like people don't give him credit and enough credit for for being a, a smart quarterback and, and making, like you say, not making those boneheaded mistakes that you have his previous competitor, Jalen Hurst, making uh, out of the backfield. Uh, with that, obviously, you know we will keep an eye on the other teams. Uh, for example, Ohio State looking like a legitimate contender. Wisconsin, yeah. Wisconsin, yeah. I mean, they shut down this weekend. They they shut down one of the Michigan State. There you go, thirty-eight to zero, thirty-eight nothing. And they they have a running back who's looking like a Heisman candidate too. There so. you go. So I mean, you can't tell me there are not contenders out there. There are contenders. Uh, Clemson being their respective teams. Now, I'm going to go into the next subject with a lot of respect uh, and a lot of uh, mindfulness. Georgia getting upset by South Carolina. it's It's been a while, right? And they didn't get beat on the road. They got beat at home. What what uh, what goes through your mind when you when you hear Georgia just got upset? What went through my mind watching the game was, "Are you freaking serious?" <laughs> like, I'm I'm watching it. Jake Fromm Jake Fromm had three interceptions. One of them, the last interception he threw in overtime wasn't his fault. The receiver dropped it, and it like it went straight into the, the defense's hand. But even after that, South Carolina missed a 33-yard field goal that would have won them the game earlier, and Georgia yeah. had another chance. Like then, like since you know with the overtime rule, South Carolina got the ball back after the missed field goal. They hit their next field goal, 2017. You have a chance to tie it up. You have, you have what's I think Georgia's kicker's name was Blankenship. Yeah, Blankenship. Um, missed missed the easy field goal. He's supposed to be one of the best field goal kickers in college football. <laughs> missed an easy field goal to tie it up, and so it's just it's just one of those losses where it's like, what's what's wrong with y'all? Like, 
So you can't lose these games. I, I'm going to tell you, and I think I asked you this question. I, I firmly believe that South Carolina didn't win this game. Georgia lost this game. I, I agree with you there. You're the number three ranked team in the nation. Go out there and act like it. Win the game at home. You have to protect home. Now, this is probably going to drop them all the way down to 10. I think the, the poll has already been released, I think. Let me let me see where they're at. But, like, Jake Fromm, like, I I like Jake Fromm. He got he got Georgia to – got him to the national championship. But when when they signed Justin Fields, I was looking at almost like how long how long till y'all give the job to Justin Fields because he looks like he's ready even though he was a freshman last year, and then you let Justin Fields go, and now he's with Ohio State and Ohio State is winning, <laughs> is is winning and he's doing amazing. Yeah. So currently we have Bama. Uh, this is the rankings for NCAA football. We have Alabama number one. LSU at number two, going all the way to number two. I agree. And then number three, Clemson, and the number four team, Ohio State. Oklahoma gets gets up to the f- number five spot. Uh, then followed by Wisconsin, Penn State, Notre Dame, who had an amazing game. Florida at number nine. And then Georgia dropped all the way down to ten. Although they are still in the top ten, that particular upset – Brought them, knocked them down three spots. I mean, they were in the top four, ready to go. Uh, had a chance at a possible national title. Now that dream has definitely vanished. Unless, unless they get Bama. <laughs> unless they get Bama, which is highly unlikely. I'm not. Yeah. I mean, the way they look this week. Now, mind you, anything can happen at any point in time. Yeah. Right. Uh, injuries happen. Uh, turnovers happen. Uh, but I mean, if you're Bama, though, I, I don't know. I don't know how you're gonna. Going to beat the, you know, the red tide. But moving on to uh, the NBA, Daniel, what do you have for us today? Um, it's been a, it's been it's another week of preseason basketball. We got we're about I think we're about nine days out from the season start. But this past week, uh, I'm just starting with the Mavericks. Go for it. Since since we are in Dallas, Kristaps um, Porzingis played his first game Wednesday. <laughs> that first time he's played in about, I think it was it was over six hundred days. I'm getting chills, man. Seven seven foot three, <laughs> seven foot three shooter, ball handling. He look he looked pretty good. Looked pretty good for his first time out there in all, over two years. Um, he had eighteen points. He hit two really deep threes. Him and Luca, him and Luca, Luca already looked like they're building some chemistry there. Right. And so um, I was surprised by that. I'm, I think it's if if he stays healthy, this Mavericks team is going to be a lot more dangerous than people think. Yeah, I heard there was a little bit of an injury with uh, Brunson. Brunson hurting his uh, hamstring, uh, I believe, earlier this week, uh, which is unfortunate because uh, from what I hear reports, he's saying that he's truly blossoming. I mean, I like I've liked him ever since uh, last season. This little this little guy. Well, I mean, when I say little, I mean over, you know, six foot two. Um, but at the end of the day, his his this left hander is just yeah. He he really, he showed improvement over the uh, after the All Star break. He was one of the I think he was he was top five one of the top five rookies in scoring, and I think he was top five in assist also. And him playing him and Luca playing next to each other, they got they've got good chemistry together. So I think. I'm not sure how serious the hamstring is, but I think they're going to be all. I think he's going to be all right 
by the time the season starts. Good. What can you tell me about Tim Hardaway? Tim Hardaway, um, I don't know. I feel like I feel like he's shown who he is. Like he's not bad. He's not amazing. He's gonna get his shots up. Right, <laughs> right, right. right. He, he's gonna shoot. Like sure. And so yeah. we we could use a player like that off the bench. Somebody's gonna shoot. We got a couple players. The Mavericks got a couple players like that. You got Seth Curry. Um, I don't know this team. This team got they. They're gonna have firepower this year, and I feel like the offense is gonna be as long as long as people are hitting their shots. Yeah. Um, and like with with Luca and Przingis on the court, people are gonna get open. And Luca is gonna find you open yeah. if he's on the court. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see the the Mavericks this year. Um, I see reports of uh, Vegas having them going into the number seven seed into the playoffs this year. Something we talked about last week that I wasn't too convinced of. Um, I'm a statistic guy. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I, I like numbers. Numbers talk. You know pretty much uh, the the true story of what has occurred. Uh, but to make bold predictions like that, I, I'm not just completely sold yet until I actually see uh, complete action on the on the court here. Um, now, the Lakers uh, and Anthony Davis, what uh, what happened, man? Um, it, it looks like he hurt his he hurt his thumb, and that that's my thing with um, with the Lakers is like Anthony Davis is top five top. He's top five player in the league, right? Well, I gotta think of my top five. He's definitely he's definitely top top ten top ten player in the league easily, and so. But his thing is always the injuries, and so if the Lakers like relying on him, there's not much depth on that team after you get outside of maybe like first, first seven people on the team or the starting five. There's not much depth and there's not a lot of shooting, and so you're you're relying a lot on. LeBron and Anthony Davis, and so it's like when they come off the court, if something happens to either one of them, LeBron had his first major injury last year. Anthony Davis started looking like he might. I, I'm not. I'm not sure if he's going to miss the beginning of the season because tomorrow he has an MRI, and so we'll figure out how bad the injury is. But relying on them when Anthony Davis already has history with injuries could be end up being a risky thing for him. Yeah, I mean. They're talking about a sprained thumb. Now, if it's anything more serious, um, it may or may not require surgery. I may just take time off, uh, you know, the court and, you know, get get everything right. But the way that the Lakers are currently, I mean, they have Dwight Howard as a big man. Mind you, he's not Anthony Davis, but he can get you, you know, 15, 10 rebounds a game if you need him to. Um, if he's really engaged, uh, he did, you know, admit that this time around is going to be different, that he had a different mindset at the time that he was in L.A. the first time. So a lot, a lot of things can happen at that point. And, you know, Dwight Howard, I, I, I think, has matured over the years. He's no longer the Dwight Howard that every time he would go up for a layup or, or a dunk, he would look at the ref like, can you please call the next foul? You know, he, he's not like that anymore. And then... I hope I hope he's able to help out the Lakers now that Anthony Davis is unfortunately out for a little, just a little while. It might just be the preseason, who knows? But Dwight Dwight Howard has looked improved, and Javale McGee with him. Javale McGee's looked. I mean, he, he had he had another one of those. How as Shaq would say, Javale McGee. <laughs> he had one of those. He had one of those. Shaq in a full plays a couple a uh, couple days ago. 
But I think he's he's shown improvement the past I say two three years like from playing with the Warriors now he's been on the Lakers just the second year with the Lakers so I think I think they'll be all right like in the short term without Anthony Davis if if it ends up being anything like serious they'll be all right for the beginning of the season I mean you still got LeBron probably sure. the I mean most people say he's the best player in the league right right right, right. yeah I mean yeah they the the Lakers definitely don't have a major concern, so to speak. Now, um, let's talk a little bit about KD, man. Uh, KD making waves. Only, like, KD knows how to do. So he goes on to a morning show uh, at a radio station, and he says that the Knicks are not the cool thing or they're not the cool team of New York. Now, New York is basically the mecca of basketball, um, at, at least in my eyes. You know, that's where a lot of legends have played and had, a, had come out of Rucker Park. Um, and you go on a radio show and just talk out of the side of your neck and disrespect the New York Knicks. Why? Why do you feel like you need to do that? Why not? <laughs> wow. <laughs> why, why not? The Knicks, I mean, to me, the Knicks haven't... When's the last time the Knicks have really... Done anything? Yeah. I mean, they drafted Porzingis, and then they let him go. And yes, absolutely, you're right. They haven't done a doggone thing. The Nets have done more <laughs> at this point. True, true. Is this... However, is that cause for... I mean, it's borderline disrespectful. I, I I personally don't have a problem with it. I like right. I like that he's. I've actually haven't really had a problem with KD over the past couple of years. Like it's funny, his, him talking is funny to me. <laughs> like I I like I like that he's talking more and that he's not letting, he's not whining as much about people's opinions of him. He's just right. he's just talking now. Like just, yeah, and so he's getting buzz around the Nets even though he's not playing this year. And I think the Nets, like, he's he's going to have more people going to the Nets games, and it'll make that rivalry a lot more fun when they play each other. True. He may just get shut down. I mean, who knows? Who he's knows? selling tickets. Yeah. True, true. Putting butt in seats. Uh, maybe he and uh, Richard Sherman should get together and have one of those, like, commercials. <laughs> get a beef jerky commercial, KD. Let me know how that works out. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that, that, that whole situation, man, that, I don't know. You're right. I mean, a player should definitely exercise his uh, freedom of speech. Uh, but when you attack someone in a particular organization at that, man, you live in a city with millions of people. You don't think anybody's going to see you in the train and go, KD, here's a bird. You know what I mean? Oh, they, New York, they'll have no problem saying whatever they got to say to him. <laughs> I think he'll be all right, though. Yeah. <laughs> he, <laughs> yeah, I mean, KD's going to be KD. He's going to ball out. We know that. When he, Whenever he comes back, yeah. Plus, I mean, I think he has – you got Kyrie there, too. Kyrie's going to talk. <laughs> <laughs> you got you got two guys uh, who are, who are going to talk. <laughs> yeah, the earth is still flat, huh? All right, <laughs> moving on. Yeah. Um, one, thing, one, thing I, one thing that's really stuck out to me over this preseason, though, is um, the number one pick in the draft. Oh, my goodness. Zion Williamson. This guy. He's he's looked to make. Let me read you his numbers. The past three games he's played. Go for it. Um, I think this was Friday, or uh, the other day. Twenty-seven points, 
12 of 13 field goals. The next game, 26 points, 9 of 12. And then today, 22 points, 8 of 11 on his field goals. Shooting 80.5% from the field. Yeah. And he's looked... He's looked like everything we thought he was going to be in this preseason. Jeez, so run those numbers by me again. 22 today. Uh-huh. 8 of 11. Right. 26. Right. 9 of 12. And 27, 12 of 13. Okay, so he is averaging a total of 25 points per game. As a rookie. It's, As it's, a rookie. It's just the preseason, but still, the way, right. the way he's looked, and I've, I've been watching uh, – the game he had Friday, they played the Jazz, and I don't know if people think he's like people have been saying you need to step out. People are like he needs to step out and shoot more, but it's like if you're so dominant in the paint, right? There's no point in stepping out. There was a play, there was a play he had on Friday where uh, Brandon Ingram, Brandon Ingram missed two layups, then somehow they get the, they get the rebounds back and they give it up to Zion. Zion goes up for the layup. Goes body to body with Rudy Gobert, seven two seven two center. Uh, I think he was. I think this year he was defensive player of the year this year. Uh-huh. Or he's all he's always one of the top defensive players in the league. Body to body with him, didn't dunk on him, just power laid up through him. And it's plays like that where I'm looking at him. I'm like, man, this he's gonna be special. Like, SMH. <laughs> like, he's going to be special. He, you're going up against one of the best defensive centers in the league yeah. at six foot six, going straight up with him and powering through him. Like, people are saying he's going to struggle with the NBA size. The NBA size is going to struggle with Zion. With him, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm reading his bio 6'7, 284 pounds. 284 pounds. And can, this is, and can dunk. And can jump over anybody. <laughs> I mean, this is a football player. He's basically a lineman playing basketball. Yeah. And you got you got you got Lonzo Ball looking a whole lot better playing with him now. Yeah, and I was going to talk to you about that. Um, he looks Lonzo looks a little bit more relaxed. Um, like the limelight has finally drifted away from him, and he's no longer as preoccupied or nervous of what are they going to say about me. What what's LeBron going to think of me? Am I LeBron's little brother or little cousin, or do I need to give the ball to LeBron? You know, the only thing he needs to be worried about is where's Zion. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> At this and they had they had a ridiculous alley oop where Lonzo threw a oop from him from past half court. Yep. So th- their chemistry their chemistry has already looked has already looked amazing. All right, so we have. Zion basically coming to save the Pelicans at this point, and Lonzo with him, along with uh, Brandon Ingram. Now, Brandon Ingram was one of those players that everyone thought was going to be the next KD. Um, what What do you think of him? What are your thoughts on on Mr. Ingram? We got to stop giving that next that next KD, next LeBron thing to people. That <laughs> I I still think he's going to be good. He's in a the Pelicans look like they're going to be a lot better this year. I mean. They had a losing record last year, but they look like they look like they're going to be well over five hundred this year, and they should they should be having a playoff spot. So I think he's going to be in a good spot to where he can just play basketball and not to worry about all the stuff he worried about last year. Like, what is LeBron doing? Is LeBron trying to trade us? Uh, right. Uh, 
L, all the LA lifestyle of like of rich living, and famous, yeah, yeah. rich and famous. Um, all the no, all the extra noise he would have to hear out there. So I don't, I don't know. Brandon Ingram, Brandon Ingram should have a solid year. I think he'll average about fifteen, um, fifteen to eighteen points maybe this year. Yeah. You have you. I mean, you have Lonzo, who's one of the best passers in the league. You also have Drew Holiday, another point guard, and they're gonna they're gonna lock up whoever's on the other side. So there's probably gonna be a lot of easy points for him. And so it it it'll be an interesting year for him, just to see how he develops. And if I don't know if he still has the problems he was having at the last at the end of last year. So as, as long as he stays healthy, he should have a decent year this year. Absolutely, and you know, good luck to Zion in the uh, his first season in the NBA. He deserves it. He's worked hard for it. Um, he's now going to be sponsored by the Jumpman brand. Uh, decided not to go with Nike, although I mean Nike. They don't think they Nike had any spots left for him. <laughs> they already got. They like you got Kyrie with his own signature shoe. You got right. Kyrie, Paul George, Giannis just got his shoe this year. Ooh. LeBron, Kobe. <laughs> Yeah, and so years. they got they got their starting five right there. Like I don't think they had room to bring a to bring another shoe line for a six man. <laughs> He'd be their six man in that lineup. So I mean it's it's interesting unless they want to drop somebody. But signing with Jordan that's a that's still that's still a pretty big deal. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know it, it the Jordan brand is uh, it's a symbol of excellence, just like Jordan was. And with that being said, someone that's also with the Jumpman brand is our man of the hour, Mr. Gennady Golovkin, a.k.a. Triple G. Uh, Daniel, last week we had a chance to watch this gentleman fight uh, versus Sergei Derevichenko. Um, just walk us through what you saw in this fight here. Um, Triple G was struggling. And I felt like it's been a while since we really. I'm trying to think. Of the last time was it maybe the the Danny Jacobs fight where he struggled a little bit. Yeah. And that that was the last time like we seen him struggle, but it wasn't like he got. It was just what was the guy the guy's name again? It was long. Sergey Derevchenko. He, he was he was getting at him. He was getting at him the whole fight. Like after after he got knocked down in the first it was yeah the first round after he got knocked down he was just. He was just charging forward and throwing at Triple G, and it was, it was like he didn't know how to take that. Right. But he calmed down towards the end and started controlling things. And so, I had him, I had Triple G winning one fifteen to one twelve, which I think was he. It was a unanimous decision. Right. And I know one judge had the same had the same score as me, and so I felt like towards the second half, Triple G got comfortable and didn't allow the other guy's pressure to just. To, to stop him from controlling the fight. Yeah, um, what I saw was Sergi, you know, taking the fight to Triple G, um, making Triple G uncomfortable, like you said, during the, I mean, about three quarters of the fight. Um, I, I didn't have any points, um, but I, do, I did have a Triple G winning just based off of the fact that he held him off. Number one, knocked the guy down. And um, two... I mean, Sergi, he connected great combos. Uh, he connected great combos, a lot of body shots. He did get him with a whole lot of body shots. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, judges are going to see what they saw. Um, obviously, Triple G winning. And Sergi had a lot of uh, 
a lot of uh, you know war wounds, unfortunately, um, in in his face. And I think he got he got cut open, didn't he? In the in the about the third or fourth round, he he cut him open in the uh, right above the right eyebrow. And you know that does play um, a little bit of a of a factor. Well, not a little bit, a lot of a factor when a player or I'm, I'm sorry, a boxer cannot see his opponent. Uh, therefore, he cannot see the punches that are coming to him or which direction his opponent is moving. And yet, Sergi was still able to stay in the fight, stay relevant. Um, but you know, one thing that I've noticed a lot of boxers are taking uh, is the Mayweather method, where you know they stick and move for about a minute uh, to two minutes in the round, and the last you know, minute or 30 seconds, they give it 110%, and they come out, you know, shooting all cylinders. Um, I feel like that is a very good method, and, and Triple G has adopted that. But everybody can't do it like Mayweather. Oh, no, <laughs> nobody, absolutely Nobody not. can do it like Mayweather. No, absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> not to take anything from Mayweather, but, you know, Triple G still, still has it, uh, showing a lot of his age, showing a lot of his age. Uh, if, if one... If one a uh, particular factor it, it, that played a a big part in this fight was Father Time, uh, undefeated. Uh, he's never lost, truly yeah. never lost. <laughs> and uh, you know, Father Time is is out there to get you. Comes for everybody. Absolutely. So so you know, after after that fight, do you still want a rematch between him and Canelo? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, not me, right? It doesn't matter what I think. Yeah. Um, it's what the fans want to see. They they want to still want to see it, um, but at this point, I personally think it'll be unfair, just based off of the age factor. I mean, if there's going to be a third fight, it needs to happen within the next six months. Uh, otherwise, you know, at that point, you're looking at Triple G. I, you know, I think he's about to be 38, either 36 or 37, maybe 38. I'm not entirely sure, but. Just the again the age factor is going to be huge. Canelo is still in his twenties, yeah, late twenties. We're going to say there's no, and he's about to move up. <laughs> you know, just come on, man. Like let's let's make it happen. Let's make it happen for the fans and and let's move on uh, with our lives. Uh, so that does it for us at this point. Uh, we're going to. You know, thank you guys again for allowing us your time. I know it is uh, precious, and we try to keep it as short as we possibly can. We try to fit as much as we possibly can relevant sports that are currently happening, um, and, and talk and bring that to your ears. Uh, I realize that we don't talk about all of the teams and all of the sports, but we touch the most relevant sports. Uh, we're looking for a very uh, exciting football season and, very, and looking towards a very exciting NBA season. Uh, Dan is going to be with us, you know, throughout the podcast. And we, you know, again, thank you for for letting us letting us be here. Dan, anything you want to? Any closing remarks? Uh, same as I said last time. Just keep keep tuning in to us. Keep watching sports and come back and have a conversation with us on it. For sure, we are going to be on Twitter. We are on Twitter at. Season ticks. ticks. That's at S E A S O N T I X as an X-ray. Season ticks. Please drop any comments, any questions, any feedback. Please let us know, and we'll be happy to go ahead and drop your names on the podcast. Yeah, and so yeah, tune in that Twitter. The the 
It's actually at Tix Season, T-I-X Season. And so find us on there. Get get our followers up. Join us in conversation. If you got anything you want to talk to us about or want us to talk about, hit us up on there. All right, and that does it for us. Appreciate you guys. Until next week.